go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this 15th day of February, 2023. It is the day after Valentine's Day, and, well, here we are. It's also halfway the halfway mark of February, which means that there's, what, uh, 36 official days left of winter or something like that. And then we can have spring, and here in Appalachia, that means that we'll probably have four feet of snow on Easter. It's just how it works around here. Hi, I'm Robin, and it is a uh, comfortable 79 degrees in the fabulous Horn Studios at the magnificent Kincaid Mansion, south-facing as, as it is. Uh, air conditioner's not on, though, so... No, I'm looking forward to it's prayer meeting Wednesday on the Horn. Yes, it is. And, of course, that means that, well, the little old blue-haired ladies and little old blue-haired men and little old blue-haired non-binaries have been hard at work in the Cathedral of Common Sense Fellowship Hall kitchen crafting the evening's Fellowship Hall meal. Mm-hmm. And they have, they have outdone themselves. It was a might. It, it, was, it was downright spring-like today, but nonetheless, they... Did a magnificent job whipping up a great big, mmm, delicious pot of chicken and dumplings. And, well, I uh, crushed up three Met Foremans and laid them out in a rail on a mirror and snorted them up and dumped, just dove right into those dumplings. Oh, they were so good, so good. Alongside those, of course, there was some uh, uh, some succotash, you know, uh, green beans and corn and mm, yummy. And uh, a lovely little bowl of uh, carrot and raisin salad. Yes, because raisins are good. Raisins are yummy, especially when they plump up in the in the dressing that you put on the carrot and raisin salad. And, yeah, I didn't touch any of the didn't touch any of the breads, and I I even managed to avoid the desserts because there was a, a big old oh just a big old sheet cake of yellow buttery cake with rich dark chocolate buttercream icing on it, and oh, it was. And a big tub of, home, of uh, Bluebell homemade vanilla ice cream to go with it. it it's it, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. It's not as painful as it was, but oh, it was hard to avoid. But then, of course, the deacons trundled their massive bulk up the couple of flights of stairs and out into the parking lot where they took to smoking with the sinners. You know, hey, buddy, you got a light? Yeah. That's okay, I'll light it off my last, because they chain smoke there, because it's a long time, three hours in the sanctuary there uh, with me 
uh, with me, you know, uh, wailing away at the various and sundry. Right, yeah. So, as usual, I had to call them to order. I had to get them to uh, quit smoking with the sinners, and I waved the horn solar-powered cattle prod in the air, and it just crackled in the moisture of the atmosphere. And uh, they got to moving, and when they get moving, well, bodies in motion tend to remain in motion, and they trundled past me there about, spun me around, went through the vestibule past that um, desiccating bowl of butter mints, had a couple of swigs of uh, hand sanitizer. I think they just, I think they just make clear gelatin. Um, they just get, you know, clear gelatin and mix a bunch of grain alcohol with it and call it hand sanitizer because it was like watching them do. Have you ever seen a brother deacon do a do a a, a body sh- a body shot a jello shooter but it's not a pretty picture it really isn't and so they're down front here and I've got my I got my flit gun just in case they start to nod off what with all those carbs and whatnot and well here we are and so so brethren and sistren uh they're they're here at the front they're here at the front of the room but uh well they're going to move among you now they've got their heavy brass bound velvet lined burgundy velvet lined plates with the paypal button in the bottom and uh well we're going to try to raise uh 1000 and 25 dollars 1025 bucks because we are 120 we, well uh, we're unfunded entirely for this week, and $125 remains uh, for last Friday. So as they move around you, just, you know, take it, push the PayPal button, pass it along, and uh, in the meantime, I will call up the uh, Minister of Music. Nibbling Minister of Music, if you would please lead us in our offertory hymn. And he said, it's time for you to leave behind the things of this world. The fine houses, the fancy cars, the flashy clothes. Because we are all naked in the eyes of the Lord. Stop! This man is penetrating. Ladies and gentlemen, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let me hear you say, Amen. Amen. Let me hear you say, Praise the Lord. Hear you say, I will empty the contents of my wallet into that little collection plate when it comes around. And it's all tax free. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord for all the cash I've got. Praise Him for my Rolls Royce and my yacht. Serving God ain't hard with a credit card. Jesus died so I could make a lot Praise the Lord, He's made us millionaires Wave your donations in the air We've replaced our hymns with ATMs And soon we'll charge a fee on every prayer Jesus Christ was a poor man, don't you know? Should have used our accountants for his cash flow. Stop the sermon on the mount, he should have had a bank account. Two thousand years with interest, he'd be rolling in the dough. 
Praise the Lord, this song's out on CD, just $40.95 plus GST. Hallelujah, plenty of moolah, solid gold baubles on my Christmas tree. I've got all of heaven's riches, thanks to all you stupid bitches. Praise the Lord for modern Christianity. said religion should be free. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, waddle, waddle, bing, bang. I love you. Hallelujah, brethren and sisters. I'm calling on you now. I want you to get up off of your seats and onto your feet and scrunch and scrunch and scrunch and wiggle and waggle and waddle and Get out from betwixt the pews and come on down that blood-red aisle and fall, fall upon your knees at the altar, laying your hands upon the subwoofer to feel the healing rays of common sense flowing through you from the server on high. I am Arch Pope, Uber Rabbi, Ultimate Imam, Animated Animist, Antagonized, Agnostic, Vicarious Vicar, Maximum Metropolitan, Naughty Nun, Aggravated Abbas, <laughs> Maximum Mother Superior, Robin Kincaid, and this is the Cathedral of Holy, uh, of, of, of the Cathedral of Common Sense and Prayer Meeting Wednesday on the Horn. Hallelujah, How? glory, Amen, and Amen. Yes. So we begin. This prayer meeting Wednesday, with a and well, just with an observation, I suppose we'd call it an observation about the nature of what goes by the term Christianity uh, in America today. The uh, Oddly enough, I, uh, I mentioned this the other day. I was thinking about Pew, but the Public Religion Research Institute, which is a nonpartisan organization dedicated to conducting independent research at the intersection of religion, culture, and public policy. That's how they describe themselves. Alongside the Brookings Institution... Surveyed over 6,000 Americans. And they had five thoughts for for the 6,000 Americans to give their opinion on. The U.S. government should declare America a Christian nation. U.S. laws should be based on Christian values. If the U.S. moves away from our Christian foundations, we will not have a country anymore. Being Christian is an important part of being truly American. And God has called Christians to exercise dominion over all areas of American society. Now, I don't know if she's listening right now, but if our dear sister Jude is, that last one probably uh, made her skin crawl because Jude has been paying attention to dominionism for quite a long while. And dominionism suggests that, well, uh, 
Christians should run everything, everything. Oh, and by the way, I, I screwed up uh, at the beginning of the program. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. And this program is no different, even though we're 13 minutes into it. So um, profound thanks to our 15th day of the month subscribers. That means thank you to Robert. Thank you, Robert. Uh, Robert is our one lone subscriber on the 15th of the month. Thank you, Robert, for being a partial sponsor of the program. Thank you so very much. And as I noted earlier, the deacons are circulating, and we're trying to raise $1,025 so that we can keep the power on here and keep the program going, and we don't have a whole lot of time to raise it in. So back to the story, this being prayer meeting Wednesday at all. Well, it's not uh, the, the results of the survey. Uh, if if a if a person had a functional level of civic understanding of the Constitution of the United States, then. The responses to question one, the U.S. government should declare America a Christian nation, would be, oh, hell no, because the Constitution says that there shall be no religious test for holding office, and the framers of the Constitution were decidedly non-religious. You'd also get a an oh hell no on U.S. law should be based on Christian values, whatever those happen to be. Because government and religion are supposed to be entirely separate and apart from each other. If the U.S. moves away from our Christian foundation, we will not have a country anymore. The answer to that, would, if, if a majority of Americans had... A functioning understanding of civics, American civics in particular, would be, well, that's dumber than the head and the hog is in the ass. Being Christian is an important part of being truly American. God, that adverb's doing a hell of a lot of work, isn't it? Truly American. Real American, as the likes of Marginal Trailer Queen are fond of claiming. That's a hot no. God has called Christians to exercise dominion over all areas of American society. An enlightened populace would say, I sure hope the hell not. But that, unfortunately, is not how it played. Not by a long shot. No, um, when they started looking at the data from particularly Republicans in this country, why are there Republicans? Well, because some people are just shitty. That's all.
some people are authoritarians. Some people, well, some people have a taste for fascism. And people who do wind up in the Republican Party. But fully half of the Republicans surveyed this uh, this this inquiry pointed out half of them are sympathetic to what goes by the term Christian nationalism. That means half of the Republican Party are fascists. Because Christian nationalism, especially the American variety, is fascism pure and simple. Uh, NPR reporting on the survey said, researchers found that the more that more than half of Republicans believe the country should be a strictly Christian nation, either adhering to the ideals of Christian nationalism or sympathizing with those view. And suddenly we know where the Republican base is. If there is if the, this is a this is a stark warning that the nature of any politic political struggles uh, anything in the near future is going to be a battle between freedom and fascism. And the Republicans are the fascists. No less so than um, the, the followers of Franco in Spain, or Mussolini in Italy, or his granddaughter now in Italy with the rise of modern fascism. Or, you know, who in Germany got mit uns, y'all. And the Republican base, the Republican base is majority fascist. Just because they don't have spiffy black uniforms by Hugo Boss doesn't make them any less fascist. I feel like a little bit of a pioneer in this regard because I've been I've been warning about this for almost the entirety of the nearly 20 years this program has been on the air. Again, so far out in front of the curve, we feel like we're on a straight road. Fascism is not coming to America. Fascism is alive in America and on the march. Fascists don't have a problem with people shooting up colleges and middle schools because it serves to make for a a more timid population, a terrorized a triggered population. Those are horrifying numbers. 
what's interesting, though, is uh, the way it breaks out, half of Republicans are Christian nationalists, but as a whole, 29% of this country are Christian nationalist, fascist. Yeah, you know, we might be better off referring to just saying, skipping, skipping all the verbiage, and stop saying Christian nationalist and just say fascist. It is not a far right wing fringe of the GOP. It is the GOP. The humongous story by PRRI, or the study rather, the survey from the Public Religion Research Institute, if you want to look it up. The title of it is A Christian Nation, Understanding the Threat of Christian Nationalism to American Democracy and Culture. And they go so far as to say, The rising influence of Christian nationalism in some segments of American politics poses a major threat to the health of our democracy. And we're we're, we're soaking in it. Marginal Trailer Queen, of course, is a prominently visible fascist. But there are lots more who don't make as much noise and arguably they're worse because you never see them coming. Um, I just got a note from Jude. Yes, I'm listening with shivers. And the seven mountains that the Dominionists talk about. They want to control the following aspects of American life. Religion. Family. Education. Remember we had the story in yesterday's program about Oh, which idiot was it who reintroduced, oh, uh, uh, Thomas Massey, Kentucky, reintroducing a bill to destroy the United States Department of Education. Whose hands do you think they want to put education in? Yeah, churches. Fourth, government. Proverbs 14.34 states that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The progressive liberal agenda empowered by well-known men and women in the arts and entertainment industries have made significant gains in the political arena over the past few decades. So their answer to that is to completely put civil governance under the thumb, under the boot of Christianity. They seek to control media. 
I mentioned a couple of days ago that uh, Candace Cameron Bure of Full House runs a, a network that says they will focus on and feature only TV programming that has no gays in it. Still wondering how they're going to get that little dodo bird off the ground. Wait, dodos were flightless, weren't they? Uh, the sixth mountain is arts and entertainment. With a heavy reliance on the strong appeal of sex, drugs, and alcohol, the arts and entertainment industries wield significant influence. The body of Christ needs powerful, righteous men and women who are not afraid to take their God-given talent into the arts and entertainment arenas. And that's what Candace Cameron Bure was talking about the other day. She's going to have a totally straight TV network where parents won't have to worry about their children seeing to gay or to trans or to lesbian or to bisexual. They'll just see depictions of good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual Christians, you know, blowing the blowing the bee Jesus out of each other with their Christian firearms. And, of course, the seventh mountain is business. The Lord will make his people prosperous and let them know that he desires for his church to use its wealth to finance the work of kingdom expansion, prosperity with a purpose. Terrified yet? Uh, but, no, the uh, the other Christian nationalists in the Congress, according to the Freedom from Religion Foundation, Alabama 4th District Congressman Robert Adderholt, who has been in the Congress for 26 long years. He's a member of the family. Remember the family? Uh, he pals around with the Holocaust denier because, well, fascism would do that, wouldn't it? Uh, then there's Rick Allen, the 12th District of Georgia. You know, marginal trailer queens there in the 13th, but Rick Allen isn't much better. After the slaughter at Pulse Nightclub years back, seven years ago, Rick Allen uh, started reading Bible verses uh, that says gay people are worthy of death in a meeting of the House Republican Conference. When someone pointed out to him that that was a pretty shitty thing to do, he said, well, I'm imperfect, and I consider that we're all imperfect, and we all fall short of the glory of God, which is why we need a Savior, by the way. Yeah, Jesus, save us from your followers. Brian Babin in the 36th District of Texas. He's a uh, deacon and a Sunday school teacher, member of the choir and the Gideon's International group, the, you know, the, the Bible dumpers. He railed against the Obergefell decision that allowed people who love each other to get married. 
And somewhere in the thin gray settlings that pass for brains and slosh around between his ears, he says, the radical left is vandalizing and destroying churches. Then there's Andy Biggs, one of the lead maggots now. He's a little bit of an outlier because he's a a Mormon Christian nationalist. He's he's, uh, associated with uh, United Families International. The Southern Poverty Law Center says that they are a hate group. Andy Biggs, of course, is, you know, not one of those down-low Christian nationalists. No, he said, first it was a war on Easter. Then come the war on Independence Day. The war on Thanksgiving just ended. And the war on Christmas has started. The radical left, aided by allies in the mainstream media and the bureaucracy, have used COVID-19 to try to overturn our society. And, of course, he's chair of the Feedum Carcass. He found the Stop the Steal rally to be inspiring. And was even a speaker at a conference where a member of the, oh, there they are again, the Oath Keepers, said that John McCain should be hanged. In December uh, December 19th of 2020, he said, I'm in the D.C. swamp fighting on behalf of Arizona's residents and freedom fighters all over the country. We're going to keep fighting. And I implore you to keep fighting, too. God bless you for being here today. And God bless this great country whose government we're trying to overturn. Dan Bishop in North Carolina. He's uh, in, deeply invested in Gab, a white nationalist website. He authored, uh, as a state legislator in North Carolina, the potty bill that began the sort of the opening salvo against trans people and said that <laughs> this is ironic said that the LGBTQ community is like uh, is like the Taliban and said the Lord helped him to pass the potty bill. Then there's Lauren Bobblehead Bubert. A couple of them are gone. Mo Brooks Les Brames is gone. Uh, Maddie Cawthorn and his fetching black lace bra are gone. Matt Gates isn't, though. Louis Gohmert's gone. Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, is still with us. Yeah, these are these these are some terrifying monsters. But it's not just the House of Representatives. The Senate of the United States has got at least eight Christian nationalists, led, of course, by Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eaten future king of America. Not far behind him is Josh Hall and Ass of Missouri, 
uh, back when he was Attorney General of Missouri, and he said he thought that as a form of ministry. He said, there is only one God. That God is Jesus Christ, who is seated on the throne as Lord over all. And as believers, we are charged to take that message that the Lord reigns, that Jesus Christ reigns, that he is risen and is seated on the throne. Our charge is to take the Lordship of Christ, that message, into the public realm and to seek the obedience of the nation, our nation, to influence our society, and even more than that, to transform our society to reflect the gospel, truth, and Lordship, Jesus Christ. Cindy Hyde-Smith, last seen, she does keep a low profile, last seen uh, uh, toting a musket and wearing a Confederate Kepi cat uh, hat down at the, Kepi cat, really? Kepi hat down at the uh, home of Jefferson Davis. Which is actually a shrine in Mississippi, Stan. Uh, John Jubilation T. Cornpone Foghorn Leghorn Kennedy of Louisiana Stan is one of them. Roger Marshall in Kansas is too. Rick Skeletor Scott is a Christian nationalist. And, of course, from yesterday's program, the man vying for the title of stupidest person in the entire United States Senate, Tommy the Tuber, Tommy Potato Head. And he's a Church of Christer. That's remember that's that denomination where you can't even have so much as a kazoo or a pitch pipe. You gotta you gotta do all your caterwaul and acapella. Acapella, acapella. Never mind. No singing. We got a thousand and twenty-five dollar fundraising hole here. What am I thinking? And so it would be a good thing to realize that while only 29% of Americans as a whole are Christian nationalists, those Christian nationalists are highly motivated to vote. They show up when, say, our side goes, eh, I don't know if I got time to vote and save my own fucking freedom. I, I just don't know. It looks like it might rain. Because, you know, we do that. And these, they, and there's also overlap and confluence. The same people that think we should be a theocracy also are highly motivated to go out and vote because we haven't saved all the precious little fetuses yet. If these people ever actually take complete power, you know how the Republicans are fond of saying, you know, if we don't close the southern border, we ain't going to have no country no more. Well, the real threat that we won't have a country anymore is these people. And if you're the Republican Party and you can start at 29%, then you've only got to find... A few more million votes. And the next thing you know, people like me are walking around with pink triangles sewn to our clothing. 
I mean, pink's my favorite color. But not like that. Oh, no. And what's more, according to PRI and Brookings, they pointed out that Christian nationalists more often than anyone else say that it is appropriate to resort to violence to save our country. So it's... uh, That report tells us exactly where we are. It's a great big you are here sign at the front of the mall, like Scott talks about. And where we are is frightening. Oh, and speaking of um, John Foghorn Leghorn Jubilation T. Cornpone Kennedy... There was a classified briefing yesterday in the Senate. It was delivered by the Defense Department, NORAD, and the U.S. Northern Command, as well as the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. It was all about the balloons, or things that may or may not be Balloons. And having heard the classified briefing, this this guy who, who this guy who who studied at Oxford, and I don't mean Oxford, Mississippi, who is smarter than he lets on. Uh, he found himself some cameras and microphones to talk into, and this is what he said. That's what I took away from it today. Thanks, Thanks so, guys. Appreciate it. Lock your doors tonight. Lock your doors tonight. Let's see, I think there's a little bit longer version of the clip. Many people, intentionally or otherwise, have been given the impression that a couple of weeks ago our skies were clear and then all of a sudden we have spy balloons and other identified, unidentified flying objects raining down on us like confetti. That is not accurate. Um, these objects have been flying over us for years, many years. We've known about those objects for many years. We're not sure that we've known about all of them, but we've known about many of them. Except for the Chinese spy balloon, we don't know what they are. What's different about the last two weeks is that we've started shooting them down. But we can't find the remnants except for the, 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 uh, the, the spy plane. And that's what I took away from the hearing today. When you so said this has been happening many times, are they lost? They are lost. They can't find them. The, the remnants are in very difficult terrain, low temperatures, uh, lots of inclement weather, and they're looking, but they haven't been able to find them. 
except for these five months. It's clear to me this is not a recent phenomenon. The only thing I feel confident saying right now is that if you are confused, you understand the situation perfectly. This has been going on for a long, long, long time. How long? At least 2017. Last week we were told 2019. That's what I took away from it today. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Lock your doors tonight. What the hell does that even mean? Lock your doors tonight. Why? Because John Foghorn Leghorn Jubilation T. Cornpone Kennedy might want a snack? You know, when the chupacabra tells you to lock your doors, but how about that? We let these things fly over American airspace for years and years and years. You know, during the majority of, she scratches her chin, the Trump maladministration. Never shot a single one down. Never said a word about them. Meanwhile, you've got Nitwit Nero out there saying that uh, I, deeply, I deeply respect President Xi. She, her. I want to be politically correct. I deeply, resent, I deeply respect President Xi, and I don't understand why I can't be president for life just like she can. He. She. And then there's all the contracts to produce stuff for Trump-branded crap. Yeah, things like uh, Precious Princess I Wank of my Daddy Trump Kushner's license to sell Trump caskets in China. I wonder why he was so quiet about it. And he's not sharp enough for it to be one of those first Men in Black movie moments where there's always an Archelian battlecruiser 30 minutes from destroying the planet, and the only way to keep people from losing their minds is to not let them know about the aliens. This is not that. So far, the Defense Department says, we did not assess it to be a kinetic military threat to anything on the ground, but assess it was a safety flight hazard and a threat due to its potential surveillance capabilities. Richard Blumenthal, of the exquisitely and not at all tiny state of Connecticut, said uh, the government is becoming more transparent about these things, and that's a good thing. But there's a need for even more. Okay, good. 
At least there is somebody sane in the meeting. Little Marco was there in the meeting. 99% of what was discussed in that room today can be made public without compromising security in this country. Well, it's nice to know that Marco is the actually isn't the last word on what constitutes national security in the United States of America. And here we are. I would be lying if I said that there was a little part of me that wonders if something's going to land on the land on the White House lawn, and we're all going to we're all going to remember what Klatu Barada Nikto means. Hell, maybe the multi-limbed amorphous aliens of Norblap Nine have seen that movie five or six times by now, and think it was actually a distress signal sent out from Earth. Oit. Klatu Barada Nikto. I know. Look, you get that, Ralphs. You get that when you have a clip of Senator Foghorn Leghorn. If you're confused, you understand the situation perfectly. And Stephen New York says, 2017? Hold on a sec. That was so long ago, I can't remember. Who was president between January 2017 till January 2021? Hmm. I know, it was a real head-scratcher for me, too, Steve. And when the, the, the Seven Mountains Mandate weirdos talk about the arts and entertainment industry, Steve reminds us, translation, Hollywood and California Democrats. See also, the Quars. Well, don't forget the Jews. Sometimes it just makes my little head hurt. It does. Uh, wow. George is piling up the uh, cowbells lately. Hey, George. George writes, build the space wall. And adds, soon we'll be hearing about the crisis of the Martian caravans. I wonder who will begin that drumbeat. Will it be Marginal Trailer Queen or will it be Lauren Bobblehead Clanny Oakley Boobert? Kyle says, uh, subject line, Constitution. Ever notice how the people who invoke the Constitution the most are the ones who understand it the least? Oh, yeah, that goes back to that classic Onion piece from probably a decade or more ago. Man passionate defender of Constitution that exists only in his own head. It was too close to the bone then, and it's not getting any less so. They're telling on themselves again, Kyle says. God has called on us to exercise dominion over everyone, so basically anyone who doesn't believe in some mythical sky being isn't human. Or, what the fuck? But yeah, the Christians, they're the tolerant ones. And earlier today, Kyle said, and now you know, don't you? 
I don't know what you plan on talking about this evening, but I've been watching the way the Democrats are hitting the fascists over the head about wanting to take away, cut Medicare, Social Security, and Medicaid. I know the upcoming elections are about a lot more than this, but if Dems can run on literally just this one issue, we have it made. Kyle was feeling a little more optimistic earlier today, it seems. Republicans tried to take away the things you're entitled to through paying into your whole lives, and we tried to save it. That's it. The campaign message writes itself. The fascists are doing our work for us. I know this has been talked away nonstop lately, but if we can win running on this, oh, and arrest the orange asshole already. And we have a uh, we have a split of opinions in the community. Martian caravan says Stephen New York. Excuse me, it's the Venusian caravan. Duh. Don't neither one of you t- know what you're talking about. It's the Norblap Nine caravan. Come a long way from Norblap Nine. They're not going to go away empty-handed. If it did turn out that. There was something alien about all of this, and by that I mean extraterrestrial. Um, We're not doing much in the way of putting our best little bipedal foot forward, are we? Portions of the planet starving. Another portion of the planet... uh, uh, the various stages of war. The largest, richest country in the world unable to adequately protect its most vulnerable and marginalized citizen citizens from a, a, a ravening majority in some parts of the country. I don't even know if he would, if 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 a visitor would actually say "clatu uh, narada dicto," because that was "clatu don't destroy the planet." I, I don't know. We're not acquitting ourselves very well, are we? I guess it's a science fictiony kind of prayer meeting Wednesday. You remember toward the end of. The fifth element, when Lilu has to be the supreme being and save Earth, but she's gotten a big, uh, she's gone through and gotten a big dose of what Earth has been doing since she left. And she just doesn't see the point. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Randy Radar. Funny how God and Jesus are all powerful, but they need man to fight the devil. They need humanity to fight the devil. It always works out that way, doesn't it? Oh, and by the way, we got a great little group going on in the chat room. Pinch hit midweek chat room utility moderator and all-around great guy, Brother Bishop Steve, is presiding and moderating. Hey, Anatole and Irish Dave. Hey, Natural. Hey, New Jersey Nick. Hey, Squeaky. Hey, Tennessee Walter. Welcome to the room. Don't remember seeing that name. 
That's that's nice. Uh, yeah. We don't have too many cops this time. You're, you're on your own, Steve. I'm useless in all of this. You know that. Oh, by the way, when you listen to the podcast, do do us all a favor. Even yourself. Like and subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment so that it helps to boost the program's visibility, whatever platform you're listening on. Please. It really it really helps to build the community. And it would be great if we could do that. Bring more voices into the mix. Progressive voices. Left left wing voices. Liberal voices. Maggots and conservatives are not allowed. Uh, meanwhile, Brendan says, uh, Robin, it's the Uranus caravan. Please note the correct enunciation of Uranus. Peace, lady. Peace, Brendan. Yeah, maybe it's kind of like south of the Rio Grande here in the Western Hemisphere. You know how it is. Republicans say, "No, just any, any, anybody, anybody speaking Spanish is a Mexican." Doesn't even it doesn't matter if they're if they're from Andalusia in Spain. That's Mexican. That's Mexican. That's Mexican. Never mind Guatemala, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Honduras, Panama, the entire South American Mexicans. That's Mexicans. Well, maybe we'll just call it the alien caravan. Got to have a little peace in the family. Steve says, breaking news, it was the Borg. We've just received a message they're leaving because there's nothing they need to assimilate here. Not, probably not wrong. Oh, no, we don't want to assimilate that shit. We'll be fucked up for generations if we assimilate those people. Oh, hell no. So, uh, I saw in the chat room, you guys, a new nickname for Nimrata Haley, presidential candidate, presidential timber, uh, I, and I will not be using it. I hadn't even thought of it, and I got to admit, I smirked a little bit, and I'm ashamed of myself. But she's she's off and running. And I guess the centerpiece of her or one of the centerpieces of her campaigns is that uh, she's calling for mandatory mental competency tests for politicians over 75 years old. This, of course, was a not at all opaque slur of the age of Joe Biden because based upon not actual evidence, 
somehow or another, the maggots, having lived through four years of nitwit Nero, who couldn't walk down slopes, and did a lot of things that called into question his mental acuity. Person, man, woman, camera, TV. I passed the test. That was the test. You know, they talked to you for a while, and then you got to remember the things that they mentioned at the beginning. Person, man, woman, camera, TV. I did that. I have a very big brain. I have the best brain. I know the best things. There are a lot of things out there, and I know the best ones. I have all the good words. Bigly. Yeah, they got through those four years thinking that was picture-perfect mental competence, but an 80-year-old man with a lifelong stutter, he can't possibly be sane. So maybe it wasn't just maybe it wasn't just Joe Biden she was talking about it maybe maybe it was uh, the man who actually propelled her camp uh, her, her her career by making her ambassador to the United Nations where this is that part of the program I'm never not going to mention it she was bamboozled into thinking she was talking to the president of Poland about an imaginary island nation in Southeast Asia called Bonomo by the uh, uh, by the morning zoo crew of Moscow 988 the vulgar boatman what an idiot so you you do that you do that uh, Nikki go after the people who are more likely to vote for you than anyone else you know old folks curiously according to the Pew Research Center voters aged 75 to 92 back in 2020 were the only demographic who clearly preferred Julius Geezer over Joe Biden. The margin there was 58% to 42%. Yeah, she's a super genius. Uh, Rex Hupke over at USA Today pointed out that um, even as Nikki was declaring that America is not a racist country, well, today, a uh, white man was sentenced in a Buffalo, New York courtroom to life in prison without the possibility of parole. I'm talking, of course, about Peyton Grandin, 
the way that the massacre in Buffalo came about was that during the pandemic lockdown of 2020, Peyton Grandin, young white man, got bored. Literally bored. A lot of us got bored during whatever passed for lockdowns. Played every board game in the house. Eventually defaulted to playing cards. Started doing really dumb TikTok dances. But not Peyton Grandin. Oh, hell no. He got bored and went to 4chan. And it says something about that toxic website that we seem unable to do anything about because freedom of speech. Just by going to 4chan, he became irredeemably radicalized and transformed into a stone-cold racist in almost no time flat. He dove into that fever swamp, learned about Brenton Tarrant, Gendron, thank you, not Grandin. Thank you, Flavio. Gendron. Uh, Kyle, I didn't get the rest of your message there. Peyton Gendron. No, he got bored. And he learned about Brenton Tarrant. That's the guy who murdered 51 people and injured 40 others in the mass murder in Christchurch, New Zealand. He's a hero. You need to understand uh, Brenton Tarrant is a hero among white supremacists and Christian nationalists. He was a hero because he murdered Muslims. Another person who found... who who found uh, Brenton Tarrant heroic was Patrick Cruzius. He entered a guilty plea last week to federal hate crime and firearm charges in the mass killing in which he murdered 23 people and injured 22 at a Walmart in El Paso. Gendron murdered black people. Cruzius murdered brown people. And they both did so because they bought into something called the Great Replacement Theory. And I'm sure that everybody in this community knows exactly what that is. It's this idea that there's a secret cabal of, you know, Jews 
who are trying to breed whiteness out of the planet and overwhelm white people and the white race never mind the fact that the entire concept of race was the creation of white people uh, in the uh, about the well not quite middle of the last millennium they invented the concept of race as a an adjunct to their mercantile aspirations to turn human beings into property. And of course at the top of the at the top of the hierarchy of race, they naturally put themselves white people. The other thing that uh, Peyton Gendron did was watch videos by a, an English teenager who called for the extermination, murder of non-white people. And thus, Peyton Gendron became a foot soldier, a fascist foot, foot soldier. Maybe that's how we need to understand these lone shooters as not being nearly as alone as we think they are. I forget what the analysis said, but the number was at, uh, stratospheric. The number of times that testicle-toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson has cited the Great Replacement Theory approvingly. As a call to action. With real-world horrifying consequences. As for Peyton Gendron, there is still a debate ongoing uh, at the Justice Department as to whether or not they will get involved and try him for hate crimes and open up the possibility of the death penalty. I don't know if Peyton Gendron wants to live. Then again, none of us could ever do what Peyton Gendron did And we probably don't have a a uh, working notion of how his mind. But here, again, four chan. There are numerous ways that you can engage in digital self harm at four chan. There's nobody that they don't want to cause digital self harm, and sometimes have it escape into the real world yeah like Kyle who says so boredom is now being used as an excuse for bigotry hatred and violence holy fuck I think that might be too facile 
an explanation or excuse. There had to be some source material to work with there. There had to be some something there that could be nurtured and warped into a homicidal ideation. And I freely confess, I'm I'm trying to figure out how the garbage that's pervaded over at 4chan fits within the First Amendment. The great the, the, the whole site is one great big incitement to violence, to hatred, to terror. But somehow or another, we have to we have to have 4chan in our world, or we ain't free no more. Just like we have to have weapons of war in our world, or we ain't free no more. I mean, we got 37 different brands of breakfast cereal. That feels pretty free to me, doesn't it, you? What a horror. But, again, Nimrata Haley says there's that America is not a racist country. You know, I, I get. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how she's measuring. No, we. Uh, it is not legal anymore in this country to place a whites only sign uh, at a bathroom or a water fountain or a lunch counter. But we do not want for racism in this country. And as to why we have 4chan, Kyle says, I-O-K-I-Y-A-R. And there's an element of truth to that. I had a story... Uh, it actually goes back to early January, but I've kept it in the I've kept it in my open tabs for a while because I felt like maybe at some point that uh, it would come in handy, and this seems to be that moment. Alternative to the death penalty, Stephen New York says, give one member of each victim's family one bite at the apple and allow them one swing at the perp. They can use a bat, stick. Whatever, any kind of shillelagh. If he lives, the state takes care of him in whatever vegetative or similar state he survives in. The real great replacement, Randy Radar says, is when Fox replaces the brains and angry Fox viewers with Mr. Poop emojis. You're not wrong. 
going back to Lauren Bobblehead, Clammy Oakley Boobert, Flavio says, you think she really passed the GED? I mean, even the GED has basic civics, American history questions in it. And she wants a biblical citizenship test? What does that even mean? Well, it means that you can't be an American unless you can pass a biblical scholarship test. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a special one for the Jews that'll just be based on the Old Testament. They won't have to know nothing about the New Testament. Unless they want to, unless they want to know the good uh, the good news of the of, of 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 the saving grace of Jesus Christ, I don't know what. But that's going to let the Muslims and the Jains and the Hindus and the Shinto and the Buddhists and the animists. Uh, well, it's going to let them out of the running. Biblical citizenship. Uh, apparently, Flavio's in a bit of a mood this evening. Nikki Haley, the U.S. is not racist. No, it's open to grifters of all races and creeds. Sure wish her parents had stayed the hell in India. But they told me every day how lucky I was to be born in the new 90 states of America, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now today, forever in the universe under God. Amen. I don't know why that just made me think of uh, a particular line, but it did. Probably need to put this back in uh, back in the rotation anyway. This being prayer meeting Wednesday and all. Yeah. And on the third day, God created the Remington Bull Action Rifle so that man could fight the dinosaurs and the homosexuals. Amen. Blows my mind to think of whoever the little boy was that said that line in Mean Girls is all grown up now. Hey, buddy, say homosexuals again for us. Now, back in... Uh, Back in early January, there was a bit of a firestorm, and they had a, a, a plum, absolute shriek and hissy over at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda over an Emory Law professor by the name of Darren Hutchinson who did some, deconstru did, did some deconstructive work as a law professor on uh, Fat Dead Tony Scalia, you know, the son of the president of the Mussolini fan club in America back in the 30s. Oh, by the way, I, I, I finally figured out why Nitwit Nero had such a hissy about Rihanna at the Super Bowl the other, other day, the night. He was trying to cover for how much he actually enjoyed the halftime show because there were a lot of people on that stage on the halftime show who were dancing while wearing white hoods. Mm. 
I mean, why why wouldn't the son of a Klansman just love that? Because remember, when old Fred Trump, as a young man, uh, before the well before the best part of Donald Trump ran down his mammy's leg, Fred Trump got busted at a Klan riot in Queens, and when they take they took him to the station. He was actually wearing full clan regalia, according to some contemporary accounts of the time. I wish I could have a white hood like that. My daddy would be so proud. Remember, that's why we refer to him from time to time as Soak, son of a Klansman. Now, back to Professor Hutchinson. Professor Hutchinson holds a social justice fellowship at Emory University's College of Law. And so Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda said, he's academically focused on critical race theory. And what got him all worked up was something he put on Twitter. Justice Scalia was basically a Klansman. And has gone on to note that Scalia probably should have been impeached, should have been impeached, no probably, for his opinion in McCleskey versus Kemp in 1987. In that case, Warren McCleskey, a black man, was convicted of killing a white cop during a robbery in Georgia. And in his argument, McCleskey and his lawyers said that the death penalty sentence that was imposed upon him, and of course death penalty sentences are disproportionately imposed upon people of color, uh, was a violation of his 8th and 14th Amendment rights because there's evidence of a racist application of in, in Georgia of the death penalty in criminal cases. Well, that's where we, uh, that's, that's where we get to fat, dead Tony Scalia. Pineapple, Tony? Scalia said that McCleskey hadn't proven enough that he had to prove there was discriminatory intent in his particular case. Not just generally that the death penalty was uh, was applied in racist fashion in cases in Georgia. That dead Tony said, Petitioner offered no evidence specific to his own case that would support an inference that racial considerations played a part in his sentence. And the Baldus study, which is the name of the study, the Baldus study is insufficient to support an inference that any of the decision makers in his case acted with discriminatory purpose. And then... Then, Scalia went a step further. He said, 
that even if the study proved discrimination, he would not vote to reverse the sentence. And so, consequently, the state of Georgia went on to murder Mr. McClaskey in the name of the people of the state of Georgia and Jesus. I added the Jesus part because it's Wednesday. And Fat Dead Tony just liked it when when black folks got executed. Fascists are like that. And uh, Professor uh, Hutchinson said, his memo to the other justices in this case is so awful In a just world, it would have led to his impeachment. In a just world. Which, you know, this isn't. But Lord God, the maggots and and, and, and the conservatives and the originalists got all head up and hot and bothered. He shouldn't have had said that. That's, that's, see, that's what you get with crim- critical race theory. A great Christian justice being called a Klansman. Well, if the hood fits, it's worth remembering every now and then just how awful fat dead Tony was. Kyle, subject line, it doesn't exist if it doesn't happen to us. Everything the Republicans say about discrimination, racism, bigotry, etc. can be boiled down to this simple theory, especially assholes like the fat fucker Klansman posing as a Supreme Court justice. No, not that one. The other one. You're you're, you're banging on all eight cylinders this evening, Kyle. Meanwhile, in the present at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, they're having a conniption over something that uh, an opposition researcher, a Democratic opposition researcher named Pat Dennis, said about Ron Monkey up DeClantis. Because what Pat Dennis said was that Ron DeSantis consistently wears high-heeled boots in order to appear taller. Rubio also did this famously, and it became a major line of attack against him in the 2016 primary. Silly? Sorry, buddy. This is the game as it is played. And he's right. Maybe he was giving Nitwit Nero a little a little freebie, a little nudge. Yeah, talk about the high but but you don't even and, and the and the maggots they're so cute if they weren't so damned stupid and dangerous. Uh, got a 
when does the impeachment begin, Pat? Calling basic Durango's high-heeled boots is possibly the ultimate go-touch-grass moment. Another maggot said, city boy doesn't understand southern style, news at 11. Some neo-maxi Zoom dweeby named Kurt Schlichter, the senior columnist over at townhall.com, said, local Democrat discovers cowboy boots. Another Yahoo by the name of Jennifer Greenberg said, those are extremely normal boots. You should consider visiting Texas sometime or anywhere in the South or just watch a Western movie, something with Clint Eastwood. I don't know. But you don't even have to talk about his cowboy boots. Oh, have you seen the pictures from back during the hurricane that he helped make ever so much worse? Where he showed up in his green M&M white go-go boots? I guess his stylist was on vacation that day. He might get in trouble for this, but you know what? Anything's fair game with Ron Monkey up to Clantis, that vulgar little racist and homophobe and transphobe and sick puppy. Uh, wasn't that? Yeah, that was what. That was the phrase that Bishop Willard Romney used last, <laughs> last week. To describe George Santos. Poor Seamus. No, I, I think we just need to... First of all, we need to start referring to him as Rhonda Santos. Rhonda Santos. And then we need to, and because I'm sure she exists by now, we need to find the drag queen in Florida named Rhonda Santos and start circulating that picture as the picture of the Florida governor. Remember, this is this is subversive. These are subversive tactics. Let's talk about his masculinity. He's such a tough guy you know hanging out with those high school girls underage but somehow with beers in their hands when he was their teacher Pat Dennis had some fun with it he said you know it's deeply funny to me how upsetting this tweet has been for consultants in particular Steve in New York says, I'm sure he's just a, I'm pretty sure he's just a human phobe. No, there, he's a maggot, he's a maggot file. There we go, a maggot file. And Pat Dennis didn't let up. Maybe somebody should hire him. Six months from now, 
Everyone will take this as having been obvious all along. Ron DeSantis is too weird and off-putting to be a good candidate for president. And he posted the video. We had it on the program, the audio of it, year, a year, couple of years ago. Of him, uh, DeClantis, upbraiding high school students for still wearing their masks because they wanted to go on being alive. And then we had the clip of him coughing up his toenails because he was so eaten up by the Rona. But Pat Dennis wasn't done. The idea that someone who wears a top gov helmet unironically won't be bullied away from national power. Even taking Trump out of the equation is absurd and a complete misunderstanding of Republican politics. Ron DeSantis is too weird and off-putting. You know, if you look at him in the right light, he, like a certain Republican president at the beginning of this century... Looks a little bit like Alfred E. What Me Worry Newman. Ron DeSantis is too weird and off-putting to get himself elected president. Reminder of the time that Ron's campaign put out a video to say he was endorsed by God. I admit... Ron Monkey up DeClantis scares me. Because with him in the White House, he would do all, all the things that Nitwit Nero did and more to immiserate anybody who isn't white and male, preferably, Christian. Heterosexual and cis. Well, thank you, Ralphs. There's already a Rhonda Santis uh, caricature out there. Rhonda. Keep hammering him. We can beat Nitwit Nero. Again. Imagine that. Run for president three times and lose all three times. We got to be president for four years. Thank you very kindly to Henry. Henry, thank you so much. Henry got us off the schneid. And got us started on fundraising for the evening. Thanks so much, Henry. So we now are down below $1,000. We are at $975 to uh, finish, well, no, well, to catch up. So that means we got $75 to go to finish last Friday. 
be great if we could do that. Thank you again, Henry. And you got to love moments like this. In a desperate attempt to get something like notoriety going, at this point in time, she's just a, she's just pathetic. Uh, anthrax Coulter. And I will not mention the fact that her Adam's apple is, mar- is dramatically larger than mine. That would not be proper. Um, anthrax Coulter got, you know, because you take what you can get. She got a she got a slot to talk to Mark Simone on WR Radio today, and she brought Anthrax did all of her hot takes with her, and her purpose was to attack Imrata Haley. With one of the nastiest smears that, are, that, that with a nasty smear that is ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time used by Republicans and maggots and the like against black people in this country. Uh, <laughs> now, Nikki Haley, I went this whole speech yesterday. Anybody that's ever known her, worked with her, will tell you she's the most ruthless, treacherous, backstabbing snake in the world. But then all these political people are calling me and saying, what does that have to do with anything? That's perfect for politics. That's not a disqualification to run. What do you think? Um, that None of those words would have been the word I'd use for oh. her. Mine is, is shorter and simpler. <laughs> it's been okay. Uh, She's an absolutely ridiculous character, and the only people say they support her are people who probably genuinely are. Um, sexist and oh I support the girl oh good for you you like girls um, no she's utterly completely preposterously ridiculous uh, I don't think she will get more than 2% of the vote um, and you know how I hate making predictions about things like that but she's just a preposterous creature um, but she, her candidacy did remind me that I need to immigrate to India so I can demand they start taking down um, parts of their history. Oh, bonus! Racism! And more racism! She's talking about, of course, the Confederate flag because Anthrax Coulter is a big fan of the Confederacy? Okay. Weird flex, Ann, but you do you, boo. <laughs> well- hey, I made him laugh. Well, you are a good. What's with the worshiping? What's with the worshiping of the cows? They're all starving over there, and they're worshiping cows. Do you know they have a a a a, a rat temple? Where kind of don't wonder anymore why the best she can get is W O R. God, Bill Maher, see what happens when you just abandon them and leave them by the side of the road. They were such pals. He platformed the bee Jesus out of her. And now she's down to doing gigs on a New York AM radio. Maybe it's FM. Lee, you're my New York consultant. Is it AM or FM, W-O-R? I know they've got, 
I know they've got, what's his name, Mark. Um, they got Mark Simone's compressor turned up so damn high that, uh, well, he's almost compre- uh, com- compre- uh, compressed beyond human comprehension, but th- that's that's radio nerdism. They worship rats. They- rats. Sounds positively national socialist when she says rats. Kind of reminds me of how I what what I the way I pronounce the name of the recently dead pope. You know, Benny Ratzinger. She's gone full Nazi, hasn't she? Uh, I mean, when's the last time they had her on over at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda? By the way, I think based upon that Ron DeClantis piece that we had a minute ago, it's safe to say that at this point in time, Rupert and company have gone full tanky for Ron Monkey up DeClantis. You know, when you're when you're defending when you're defending DeClantis against statements made by Frankly, an opposition researcher of whom I have never heard. That's nothing. I don't know them all. But they certainly they certainly elevated the message, didn't they? Oh, dear, I didn't think about that. Darlene in Connecticut said, My goodness, if you hadn't said it was Anthrax Coulter being interviewed, I would have sworn it was the Kraken lady talking. Oh, Squidney. They sound the same. Right, but no, it's it's anthrax. I'm not sure who would win in a in a, in a sanity battle between those two, but. Hey, baby Kate, why don't you go back to your own country and reconsider that history? No. How about Gandhi's behavior with little girls? Just a reminder, she has an Ivy League education. At some point, we might want to take a look at the what, what the, oh, well, no, academic freedom, y'all, you know, as long as it's happening at Dartmouth. Because that's the right-wingiest of uh, all the Ivies. Did you catch that? Nikki Haley, go back where you're from. Feel like I'm in a weird place, but Nimrata was born in the United States of America there, Anthrax. Oh, but see, if she gets called on this, she'll say it was satire. Which is an ancient tradition among right-wing racists. You'll remember that the Pineapple Prince, Rush Limbaugh, uh, anytime he got caught being the stone-cold racist that he was, he'd say, my friends... I'm just an entertainer. I'm only a comedian. I say these things just to make people laugh. Yeah. Elves, do you know they have a a, a, a a rat temple where they worship rats? Hey, baby Kate, why don't you go back to your own country and reconsider that history? No. How about Gandhi's behavior with little girls? Can we review hey, that? Hey, wait a minute. As you may know, I am referring to Nikki Haley um, 
um, child of immigrants, governor of, of South Carolina, who immediately, um, after, you know, some, some psychopath does a, the mass shooting at the church. Just, you remember how upset, how butthurt Republicans got over Ilhan Omar saying some people did some things on a day? She's a race in 9-11. Them wasn't some people. Them was Muslims who hate America. Remember that? And yet here, we get something that's infinitely worse. Governor of, of South Carolina who immediately, um, after you know, some some psychopath does a ma- the mass shooting at the church. The mass some psychopath does the mass shooting at the church. Wow. She erased the racist targeting. Wonder what she'd say to ha- have to say about Peyton Gendron. Some psychopath did a mass shooting some grocery store. Awesome. Awesome, isn't it? Amazing. Uh, The power of right-wingers, conservatives, Republicans, to completely erase the motive in a horrific act of racist eliminationism. And, you know, the funny thing is, I think anthrax has... A law degree? So one would think that she would know better than to say some psychopath because there was no proof of psychopathy. There was no successful insanity defense entered in that case. Dylan Roof? He was stone-cold sane when he did what he did at Mother Emanuel Church and slaughtered those worshipers. But according to Anthrax Coulter, some psychopath did some mass shooting at some church. Somehow, I don't think she's going to wind up being canceled over this. Yeah, 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 hideous. Oh, what will I do? Let's take down the Confederate flag from from the South Carolina uh, capital. Well, I mean, it's not the flag of South Carolina. And it's not the flag of the United States. What purpose was it serving there? And, of course, she completely blows past the fact that Nimrata Haley at first said, no, no, we're not going to take down the Confederate flag. No, we ain't going to do that. We're not going to take down the people of South Carolina's heritage. And then three three days later, she did. And then a couple of years later, she backtracked again. Because, and, and I'm not sure if she backtracked again before she got bamboozled into thinking she was talking to the president of Poland, but was instead talking to the uh, morning zoo crew from Moscow 988, the vulgar Boltman, or after. I, 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 don't, I don't recall. As you know, Mark Simone, I am descended from Union soldiers. It's my history. And they are rolling in their graves, sugar. 
This is my country, lady. I'm not an American Indian, and I don't like them taking down all the monuments. What's I'm not an American Indian got to do with it? I mean, the fact that you're a descendant of white European colonialists? Okay. I mean, it's a fact. just is. By the way, just a, a quick reading recommendation. You know, Scott in San Diego often has viewing tips. I got a reading tip. Uh, in this case, a book by Pekka Hamalainen that Flavia put me onto last week, and I, I saw the content, and I was immediately... Yeah, I got to get this. Indigenous continent. It's had considerable success. It's a bestseller. And it is a an indigenous-centered view of the history of the last 500 years in North America. And so far, it's absolutely brilliant. The, the author's name is a little difficult. Pekka, P-E-K-K-A, Hamlainen, H-A-M-A-L-A-I-N-E-N. It is scholarly, it is masterful, it is thoroughly researched and footnoted. And immediately upon beginning reading it, I'm thinking, you know, it's awfully hard to get through to best-selling authors, but I'd love to get this author on the program. But anyway, back to Anthrax Coulter, who is not an American Indian. Well, I consider the monuments and 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 an admirable. Um, facts about Indians. I really what, what admirable facts about Indians? See, uh, her, finger, uh, her fingers would probably catch fire if she was ever to lay hands on that book because it is a complete, it's, it's a complete turnaround in how we understand the conquest, the colonization of this continent. I really hate that liberals have moved Indians into being, oh, we're victims, we're victims. Why do you think we named football teams after, after American Indians? Because they were courageous, they were tough. It's out of admiration. That's why so many Americans like Elizabeth oh, Blair Lawrence yeah. lie and claim to be Indians. But even... He, he, uh, Mark Simone over-talked her, but so many Americans like Elizabeth Warren claim to be American Indians. You bitch. She released the DNA results, and yeah, back there, there was some indi- there was some indigenous DNA. Just was. And if you have that in your uh, in, in your lineage, it is something to be proud of. 
Now, why did they have to be courageous? Why did they have to be warriors, Anthrax? Because they were being genocided, you know, by your ancestors and, well, probably mine. No, I'm not an American Indian. I respect them. I respect the history. It is part of my country's history. All right. That's good. Your country's not theirs. Point. So, hey, but you are the best predictor, because I remember that famous Bill Maher show. It was like 2015. You were on the panel, and they said, who's going to be the next president? And you said Donald Trump, and the whole audience laughed for 10 minutes that you were so preposterous. And you were the only one that was right the whole time. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I predicted it here, too. Well, there's a little key to that. Um, and thank you for reminding me. Um, and that is politicians will never admit it, but immigration is the secret sauce. Yeah. And by the way, guess who's bad on immigration? Nikki Haley. Wow, the whole, purpo- uh, the whole purpose of that exchange was to shit on Nikki Haley? Bad on immigration, you know, because her parents were immigrants. I won't. I won't defend that idiot, Nikki Haley. But you know, there's some fear. There's some desperation. There's some unease. You know, maybe Anthrax is mad because uh, Precious Princess Iwanka, my daddy Trump Kushner, isn't running to be our first woman president. I still live with that nightmare fear that America's first woman president will be some horrible, 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 self-hating woman. You know, sitting out in Pierre, South Dakota, Pierre, learned how to pronounce it one time. Sitting out in Pierre, South Dakota is, of course, the anti-Nikki, Christy Nome who, if she would only bleach her hair blonde, would probably be guaranteed the vice presidential nomination by Nitwit Nero should he be the Republican nominee. I I wonder if anybody's gotten the memo to Christie. Oh, and while we're out west, real quick, they've been having some debates out in Wyoming, Stan, They've been debating two things. I know, here we go again. Oh, she's going to start talking about it now. Well, yeah. They've had two debates out in the Wyoming House, or the Wyoming Legislature. not sure if it's the House or the Senate. But the nature of the debate has been, we've got to protect, tra- we've got to protect the children from getting transed. You know, by denying, by denying them the, medic- uh, the medical care and the gender-affirming care, they'll keep them from committing suicide. But at the same time, a bill went down in flames to raise the marriage age to 18. So to review, kids can't have life-saving medical care in Wyoming. But it's okay 
for a 16-year-old girl to get married off to some creepy old dude or creepy young dude. Because kids getting married at 16 in the in the early years of the third decade of the 21st century, really it's something we ought not be doing anymore. Emancipation, sure. Marriage, huh? Just no. But somehow or another, those two things sit in serene peace in what passes for minds of the Republicans of Wyoming. Beats the hell out of me. And I guess we should spend some time well, uh, no, let's 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 go back to this. Let's stay with Nimrata Haley for a minute, especially because it's prayer meeting Wednesday. Do you remember a certain gospel sharp, filthy rich out in Texas? I know there's a that, that doesn't narrow it down much, does it? Filthy rich gospel sharp. I mean, that could be Kenneth Copeland. Or his daughter, who started a a, a measles mini epidemic. But in this case, it refers to Pastor John Hagee. You remember Pastor John Hagee? Starve! Takes a lot of of brass to yell starve at, at, at hungry people. When it's pretty obvious that he hasn't pushed back from the table since Christ was a corporal in the army of God. Cornerstone Church out in San Antonio, Texas. Claims to have 22,000 or more members. Well... Guess who prayed over Nimrata Haley when she kicked off her campaign there in South Carolina, Stan? Uh huh. Pastor John Starve Hagee. Hagee, Haley, Fletcher, Belcher, whatever. I don't know how she got around to picking, scraping him off the bottom of the pickle barrel, but here we are. You might recall that Pastor John Starve Haley, Hagee, getting more confused. You might recall that he also founded a, an organization called Queefy. Citizens United for Israel. Because, this being prayer meeting Wednesday, Pastor John Starve Hagee got it right that time. Is one of those sickos who can't wait for Jesus to come back so that he can start slaughtering Jews. Don't blame me. It's just how he is. 
And, of course, he gets all hot and bothered every time he starts thinking about a couple of tall, toned, muscular, attractive men getting married and kissing at the altar. Yeah. Now, why? Uh, he, uh, he said, Marriage is exclusively between a man and a woman. Same-sex marriage will never be accepted in heaven as legitimate, so says God Almighty. Except God Almighty has never said a fucking word to anybody about it. Now, maybe there were some Bronze Age people who said that God did, but, well, that's just a game of telephone over the course of 7,000 years or something like that. Five. Yeah, God said, don't... Mm-mm. And remember, anytime you're reading in the Bible and you see a place where God says, don't do that, you know, like, and yea, verily, the Lord spake unto Moses and said, tell the children of Israel not to fuck sheep. Well, you know, realistically, the only time you have a, a, a rule like that is when somebody has a sheep fucking problem. Do not lie down with the animals as man and woman lieth down with one another, for that is an abomination. If nobody's doing it, why put up a rule against it? Well, maybe that maybe that analysis doesn't work so well anymore because that's what all the trans athletics bans were about. There was not some horrible onslaught of trans girls trying to play field hockey you know three kids in three kids in Utah one kid in West Virginia but here we are I mean there's no evidence of kids in Alabama or Arkansas or West Virginia having gender uh, gender affirming surgery but they still craft a law against it but no back in back, back in the, the, the Bronze Age, this was, yeah, the, the, look, don't eat pork. That comes from the fact that when you butcher pork wrong and the pork happens to be infested with trichina worms, it can be transferred into the person eating it, causing a disease called trichinosis. I mean, there really was a reason. That reason doesn't exist with, like, modern bacon or pulled pork barbecue. But back then, when there was no medicine, and these people didn't even know why it rained, well, if you tell them God said not to do it, and then you can tell them that you'll stone them to death if they do, pretty forceful. But, and the same for... Homosexuality. There's no reason for a law against it in a tribal society unless, well, the tribal society has the has a bunch of its guys engaging in homosexual love. That's the thing. When you read the Bible, it kind of turns into a a confession. 
of all the really naughty things, at least in the eyes of the priestly class, that the folks were up to. Uh, Jude says, Pastor Hagee, the Christian Zionist, it's in their alignment of force. That may be a cunning aspect of why she stood with him on stage. Emphasis on the stage. You're very likely right, Jude. Thank you, dear. And so, knowing full well just how nasty this man is, well, this was uh, this was yesterday. Wow, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. It's a great day in South Carolina. Thank you all for being here. You know, I have to say before... They found a black lady to put in the front row right behind her because, well, Republican politics and Republican optics. Before I start, I've got to give a shout-out to the people who took the podium before me. Um, to Pastor Hagee. I still say I want to be you when I grow up. Thank you. Wow, she wants to be Pastor Hagee when she grows up. She wants to be filled with hate and bile, be so consumed with her own poison that she can hardly any longer even move. You do you, Nimrata. And uh, from the Wayback Machine. The Supreme Court in Washington has handed down its its decision in a 5-4 ruling supporting same-sex marriage. But the Supreme Court in heaven has handed down its unanimous decision in a 3-0 ruling from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit recorded in the book of Genesis chapter 2-24 stating... Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Marriage is exclusively between a man and a woman. You'll notice he makes it sound like that last part, marriage is exclusively between a man and a woman. He makes that sound like it's part of the Bible verse. I promise you it's not. What comes after that is probably something like, don't part your hair on the right. Or don't eat shrimp. You know, down in hell. One of the denizens of hell says, well, I was a mass murderer and I killed 51 people. What did you do? Ate a shrimp. They all moved away from him on the Group W bench, right? Same-sex marriage will never be accepted in heaven as legitimate, so says God Almighty. This Supreme Court has made America the new Sodom and Gomorrah. It just gets so exhausting. And yet he ignores the other book of the Bible, you know, over there in Ezekiel, where the prophet says... This was the sin of your sister Sodom, that she was unkind to strangers. God will have to judge America, or he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, let's start the judging with you, Pastor. Last I checked, 
Gluttony will get you into hell, too. Not saying. Just saying. And so yesterday, and granted, the sound is crappy. But yesterday, this was the prayer offered up on behalf of Nikki Nimrata Haley. Wait a sec, let me get it all set up here. Our Father, which art in heaven, creator of heaven and earth, the mighty God who calls the stars by name. Tom Cruise! The mighty God who calls the stars by name. No, really, Tom Cruise! Oh my God! Is that Harrison Ford? That can't be Harrison Ford. Really? Ryan, is that you? You cutie? Calls the stars by name. Dame Helen Mirren? Really? God who calls the stars by name. By the way, Nimrata needs to get herself a better, a, a, a better front of house sound person. Because there's something, I think I think they got a ground fault or something going on. The mighty God who calls the stars by name. You know, Arnold could probably help him with that, but Arnold, don't help them with that. Don't anybody who actually knows how. Sound works. Help Nimrata Haley. Don't do it. God who calls the stars by name, who holds the seven seas in the palms of his hand, who breathed into dust on creation's morning. Meanwhile, everybody behind the and, and the one black lady, they're all, they all got their heads bowed except for one dude who's just sort of staring forward like... It's going to be a long day. And man became a living soul. Yeah. It was apparently a real carnival. Imrata up there, speechifying away. Our leaders are failing us. And no one embodies that failure more than Joe Biden. Almost sounds like she needed an, apl- uh, 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 an applause sign. But she really knows how to get under the skin of the liberals. And take it from me, the first minority female governor in history, America is not a racist country. Yeah, so there's a term for this, a, a, a social sciences term for this. I bet if Todd's, a bit of Todd's out there, he's probably heard this term. It's called survivor's bias, where by virtue of surviving something awful, one tends to discount others who did not. 
Kyle kind of touched on it earlier in one of his emails. Uh, what did what what did he say? Um, Yeah, there it is. If it doesn't, it, it doesn't exist if it doesn't happen to us. Everything the Republicans say about discrimination, racism, bigotry, etc., can be boiled down to this simple theory. If it doesn't, it doesn't exist if it doesn't happen to us. That's called survivor's bias, and that's what she you know, look. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an Indian girl who spent her entire life trying to pass for white. Trying to pass for being anything but the daughter of immigrants. But I'll tell you about it now because I'm a running for the presidency. Because no one murdered me, America is not a racist country. See how it works? Because that's how it works. It'd be like me saying, I survived being trans all my life till I could finally transition. So, trans people don't have it so bad. There's no bias against trans kids. I, I was a trans kid once. I made it. Survivor's bias. It's horrible. It's ugly. It's sickening. And for that woman to say that, well, she just... She just erased murdered Sikhs from her own subcontinent who were slaughtered in Wisconsin. As mentioned previously, she erased the murdered people in Buffalo, New York. She erased the murdered Latinx people in El Paso. And it's, it's so tone deaf. And as Clarence pointed out last night, she's about to learn a lot about tone when she really gets out there among the Republican faithful. And here's that moment where she barked and grunted and hooted about... <sighs> Her youth? America is not past our prime. It's just that our politicians are past theirs. And all the all the, the little the, the, the little brain deads, they just clapped and cheered because they're not old either. And they're never gonna get that way. Everybody's gonna be young forever. Capricorn. 
4821. Carousel awaits. Basically, she's saying, I'm going to be Trump, but pretty. And not old. God, it reminds me of a Saturday Night Live skit from eons ago. And I forget who was playing whom, but the characters were... Uh, one of them was supposedly Antonio Banderas. And maybe it was a talk show format or something like that. And they said, uh, uh, what is... Uh, uh, how is... Uh, because he was married to Melanie Griffith at the time. Uh, how's your how, how's, how's your wife? And he answered, oh yes, my wife. Melanie Griffith. She is, how you say, old and not here. So, and I'm Nikki Haley. And, well, Donald Trump, he's old, not here. Hey, wow, thank you, Kat. $50 challenge. Yay, that's great. Wonderful. Thank you. That could knock us down to 875 if somebody will meet the $50 challenge. Thank you, Kat. Kat says, help! Got a recipe for short ribs? Found some in the clearance bin. So beautiful. You're great at cooking. Please write a cookbook. First transgender cookbook? I'll buy it. Oh, I bet there's probably already one out there. I'm not very good at being the first trans anything. Just happy to be one at all. Um... Happy to be here. Short ribs. Uh, you can crock pot them. In a, in a, in, it, you can you can do something as simple as just um, hitting them with some tenderizer, put them in a crock pot, and use your favorite barbecue sauce. That's that's good. Um, you're in Ohio, cat. So you know, going outside and smoking them is probably not not going to happen. You can oven roast them. Now, I had something the other day. Um, I'm sure you've had sweet and sour chicken, maybe sweet and sour pork. My dear friend Ging, this past weekend. Uh, in fact, it was it was what we had for uh, what Annette and I had for a super uh, our Super Bowl part of our Super Bowl snack. Ging made Thai sweet and sour short ribs. Oh, my heavenly days. You want to talk about good. Pineapple, uh, julienne, green uh, bell pepper, red bell pepper, whatever. Uh, Thinly sliced onions. There was some celery in there. And, uh, you know, there was ginger and garlic. Oh, they were heavenly, and just served over rice with that beautiful, and, and, you know, just get a regular bottle of uh, sweet and sour sauce from the Asian part of your soup, the the Asian section in your supermarket. It won't be, it won't be as good as Ging's homemade stuff, but it'll be good. If you want to light it up a little bit, get a, you know, find a few of those wicked little skinny, thin chili peppers and put them in whole. Take them out before you go, because when they're orange in color, 
true story. They look a lot like carrots. And if they look like carrots, sometimes, if you're not paying attention, like me, you can chomp down on them like they're carrots. And then you find out really fast that they're not carrots. No carrots are divine. You get a dozen for a dime. It's magic. I see their orange skins and I hear violins. It's magic. I was raised by Bugs Bunny. Tranced by Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. My daughter Margie, who just passed her birthday, her 29th birthday, remembers me singing that to her when she was a little girl. And she's a diehard Warner Brothers cartoon fan to this day. And every now and then she says, Dad, hey, sing me, sing me the carrot song again. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. That's what I would do, Cat. I would, I would go, I would, I would go crockpot. And uh, I think, I think if you want to, you could get some, like, uh, Chinese five spice, and rub the rub the short ribs with it, and let them sit in the refrigerator overnight. Then early the next morning, put everything you know your julienne, green peppers, and onions, and whatnot, and pineapple. Don't forget the pineapple. Use the juice, and put it all in the crock pot. Put it on low and walk away. Then maybe an hour before dinner, you know, do the rice in the rice cooker, and there you go. That would be really, really good. Thank you so much for the challenge, Cap. That that's so so helpful. Thank you. And Ralph's just got started on uh, got us started on meeting the challenge. So there's only forty bucks to go on Cat's help. I found a, a bargain on short ribs challenge. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you so much. Um, Shorty in L.A. says uh, Anthrax Coulter, not an American Indian. Uh, that means she is, uh, this woman is a settler colonialist written by an Omaha nation descendant. Precisely, Shorty. Precisely. So maybe, maybe, uh, here in the third hour of the program, we are finally done. With... Nimrata Haley. But if it is true that you will know people by the company they keep, we just learned a whole lot about Nimrata Haley. And we know that it's not safe, that a, that a Nimrata Haley presidency would not be safe for anybody any less weird than Pastor Hagee. You know, I think at one point in time, and hopefully maybe Right Wing Watch or somebody like that will uh, will, will, will bring this to light again, Pastor Hagee once said that Adolf Hitler was an instrument of God's will. Yeah. 
because he because in 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 the Holocaust he wound up driving Jews to the Middle East, back to the Middle East from Europe. And that in so doing, he set the stage for the creation of Israel. And that in creating, uh, setting the stage for the creation of Israel, he, uh, he, Adolf Hitler, was fulfilling God's divine plan so that Jesus could come back and he, Pastor Hagee, could start gigging Jews like frogs. The degree of despicability of these people who call themselves Christians is almost too horrifying to be able to describe. Now, they won't say it out loud, but they will cite the Bible verses. You know, We, we caught them the other day, remember? Um, Lauren Bubert? declaring that uh, she was praying for President Biden that he would die. Let his days be numbered. And it goes, you know, the the rest of the Bible, and, and let his children be orphans and his wife be a widow. What is that, Psalm 109? Amen. Psalm, you know, psalms are just songs. Imagine sitting around singing songs about wanting people dead. And there's the story. Thank you, Ralph, serving as the Horn Ad Hoc uh, Pastor Starve Hagee uh, Research Department. It was May 14th, 2018. When Slate published an article, Christians question whether pastor who said Hitler was sent by God was good choice to speak at U.S. Embassy in Israel. The quick answer to that is no. Audio from one of Hagee's sermons in the 1990s was leaked that seemed to suggest that Adolf Hitler had been fulfilling God's will by aiding the desire of Jews to return to Israel in accordance with biblical prophecy. God says in Jeremiah 16, Behold, I will bring them the Jewish people again unto their land that I gave to their fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishers, and after I will send for many hunters. And they, the hunters, shall hunt them. That would be the Jews. And then God sent a hunter. A hunter is someone who comes with a gun and he forces you. Hitler was a hunter. Well, that's great for you, Nikki. It's disgusting. Well, hey, Mary, good to hear from you. Uh, Mary just finished off the uh, Help 
I found a great deal on Short Ribs Challenge, courtesy of Cat in Ohio. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you to Women Standing. So we are now down to nine... Uh, wait... Eight fifty-five. Eight fifty-five. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. I wish we weren't sweating a power bill, but we are. Because, well, coal keeps the lights on. We need to update because there was mention of this. At the beginning of yesterday's program, uh, I think Flavio and Baltimore Bob both mentioned this. I saw this headline and it, it, it gave me chills. Because so often that's what happens. It's not, our, it's not terribly often I open up a news store and go, woohoo! It's been almost two weeks since the negligence of the Norfolk Southern Railway Corporation brought hell and damnation to East Palestine, Ohio. Curiously, back during the rail uh, the, the railroad workers' strike, union members tried to warn the American public about just how much corner cutting had been going on at corporate uh, in the railroad industry. And now East Palestine, Ohio, is living that reality. It's almost two weeks since the train derailed. Great plumes of Fire have shot into the air, burning off horrible chemicals. At one point in time, the generous, generous leadership of Norfolk Southern said, you know what we need to do? We need to give all the rubes $1,000. That's what we'll do. Which immediately reminded me of Monongo, West Virginia, about 1907, I think it was, during the depths of winter when a mine blew up there. And immediately made widows and orphans out of hundreds of primarily Italian immigrants whose descendants to this day, or whose descendants now, probably vote Republican. Jesus. Joe Manchin was instrumental working with the Italian government in getting a monument to the Monongah victims set up because that's in his stomping grounds. Happened a little bit before Christmas, and the coal company executives said, Know what? All them widows and orphans, know what we're going to do? We're going to give them $600 piece. And then one coal company executive was heard to say, that ought to make a pretty nice Christmas for them. Really? 
So, 116 years later, you've got the same mindset going on at Norfolk Southern. Let's give all the rubes a thousand bucks. I mean, we've already probably given them cancer or some other horrifying disease. A Bloomberg article says operator Norfolk Southern Corp. could rack up tens of millions of dollars in costs. And they've been told, again, shades of Christy Todd Whitman, that it's safe to go home and breathe the air. Probably not. A lawyer, uh, a lawyer to the community, in the community, James Wise, has filed a class action lawsuit against Norfolk Southern on behalf of some of the residents there. He said, I've had discussions with some people who live right near Ground Zero who are hesitant to come back. There are people with young children, and they don't know what effects it's going to have. Did anybody happen to watch the documentary Three Mile Island? Oh, no, 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 no radiation leak. There was, no, no. Yes, yes. And now you have sick people. And as Randy Radar points out, if you take the $1,000, then you probably can't sue them any further. Precisely. That's why you have to come in and sign off on the release to get your $1,000, Rube. Bloomberg being how they're all, you know, all about the business end of things. Well, Norfolk Southern's stock is already down almost 7% since the derailment. You got to get into the body of the article before you find the real hell and damnation now. The 150 car bomb train pulled by two engines, had in its complement some 20 rail cars, tankers, with chemicals in them, like, and see, when these, when these communities get hit with things like this, all the people living there learn to quickly pronounce really complicated chemical words. Just like back in 2014, uh, uh, people in nine counties of West Virginia learned very quickly to pronounce methyl cyclohexane methanol, MCHM. If it's good enough to clean coal, it's good enough for me. That was what the West Virginia Coal Association said in the immediate aftermath of that freedom disaster. Freedom Industries, remember them? Almost ten years ago. That means we're almost a, almost a third of the way through the 30-year involuntary human epidemiological level study on the effects of methyl cyclohexane methanol on an innocent population. Well, the same thing is going down in Palestine, Ohio, East Palestine, Ohio. Vinyl chloride. Ethyl hexylacrylate. Isobutylene. And all the people in East Palestine, Ohio, are going to be able to say that without batting an eyelash soon.
because those are some of the chemicals that may wind up with some resident of East Palestine, Ohio, who doesn't feel particularly well one day and schedules a doctor's appointment and goes in. And they do some scans and they do some tests and they come back and say, well, I'm sorry. You've got the cancer. And the victim will sit there and say, how? I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't chew tobacco. I, I don't I don't do anything bad. Well, I don't know. Might be some of that isobutylene and ethyl hexylacrylate and vinyl chloride that you breathed back in 2023. My God, I'll sue them. Did you take the $1,000 check? Uh-huh. Had to pay for a motel room somehow. Couldn't go home for the longest time. Wrong accent, I know. Work with me. Now you can't sue them. That was a release, honey. Uh, Bloomberg reports vinyl chloride used to make the plastic resin known as PVC, you know, the stuff that your pipes, uh, some of your pipes are made out of, that uh, if the pipes freeze, it chicken bones, and you got to go and replace. Well, vinyl chloride is a badass carcinogen. And the cancers that vinyl chloride are known to cause include cancer of the liver, cancer of the brain, and, well, lung cancer. At least that's what the National Cancer Institute says. Bloomberg notes it's difficult to know exactly how much of the chemicals were burned off in the fire and how much might have leached into the ground and surrounding waterways. Hello, Love Canal! Surface water samples taken by Pace Analytical Services on February 4th detected contaminants from the derailment, according to the Ohio Environmental Protection Agency, which is probably which is very likely a wholly owned subsidiary of various and sundry toxic environmental polluters. The Ohio Department of Natural Natural Resources does know that so far Norfolk Southern has managed to kill 3,500 fish. Officials of the ODNR said, uh, well, but no livestock were affected. That we know of. But social media has been replete with reports of dead chickens and dead pets. The fire was extinguished a week ago. And the regional EPA administrator said yesterday that air monitoring has not detected any levels of health concern in the community that are attributed to the train derailment. I like the qualification there. wonder what other things are there that uh, do contribute to health concerns. Because remember, there was a controlled, so-called controlled release of the toxic chemicals. I wonder about how controlled you can control a release of toxic chemicals from a 
wrecked tanker car. So it would seem that, just to make sure we all are on the same page here, it would at least seem like the culprit would be, fill in the blank, Norfolk Southern Railroad, right? It was their axle on their train car that boogered up and sent the train off the rails and started the fire and released the chemicals and poisoned the people. No, no, silly, no. You know whose fault it is? Pete Booty Judge. Yeah, it's Pete Booty Judge's fault. All oh, the maggots have been hopping up and down and barking and grunting and hooting and squealing and shrieking and caterwauling. Pete Booty Judge, Pete Booty Judge. You know, he's gay. Having an absolute hissy. And so consequently, the congressman, by the way, the folks of East Palestine, Ohio, sent a maggot to represent them in the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. Not saying, just saying. Of course, that was by design. The Ohio legislature set it up so that they'd pretty much have to send a maggot to Washington, D.C. Even as we speak, there is a uh, town hall meeting taking place at a local high school near East Palestine. But yeah, representing Bill Johnson who represents that district, tweeted, At Secretary Pete, hope to see you tonight at the town hall in East Palestine. I'll save a seat for you. It's past time you hear the concerns of residents affected by the train derailment. You sorry sack of... Because you know every chance he gets, you know, when you're, you know, when you're the, one of the Bill Johnsons of the world, you know, and, and you find out that things like railroads are running roughshod. in regard to people's health and safety and well-being, you naturally talk about job-killing regulations. Pete Buttigieg, though, is the Secretary of Transportation. And if they tried to rein in the negligent excesses of Norfolk Southern or any of the others. You know, remember, this bomb train had maybe two people on it. Two. That's it. Because that's the way Norfolk Southern wants it. Uh, it was February 7th when East Palestine Fire Chief Keith Drabick said it was safe for 
people who had been evacuated to go back home. That that pathetic former uh, oh uh, creature Jesse Waters, who used to be the uh, the, the, the stalker for uh, falafel man Bill O'Reilly. Ah, uh, you know he's got his own gig on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda now, and they found somebody named. Nathan Velez to interview. Nathan Velez told Jesse Waters that he's had persisting headaches that are related to the chemicals in the air. Well, probably true. Jesse Velez said, my house is just across the tracks and it smells too. You can't spend a lot of time here without feeling like crap. And my question is why? If it's okay, if it's safe, and all these people say it's safe, if it's so safe and okay, then why does it hurt? Good question. You probably went to the wrong place to talk about it, Jesse Velez. And it sure isn't Pete Buttigieg's fault. Nor is it the EPA's fault. All liability is based upon fault. Darlene, I know you know that phrase. Bill Rick knows that phrase. Stephen New York knows that phrase. All liability is based upon fault. Well, we didn't mean to poison an, an entire town. Well, your intent does not matter. You did it. You're at fault. And in a just world, as Professor Hutchinson was talking about fat, dead Tony Scalia, in a just world, the people, everyone associated with this derailment would be out of a job and on the hook for the rest of their days for the harm they caused. But if you start talking about real corporate accountability... Well, you're never uh, you're never going to hear about that over on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda and Jesse Waters Real Prime Time right now or whatever the hell the name of the program is. Because if you talk about corporate accountability then mm, no, 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 no. Don't say don't say that. It's Pete Buttigieg's fault because he's gay. Okay? We clear on that? If he wasn't gay, train wouldn't have derailed. And everything would be fine in East Palestine. And and and, and Bill Johnson wouldn't have be having to be saying that he'd be saving a seat for Pete Booty Judge at the community meeting tonight. Remember the headline at Bloomberg was Ohio train derailment could bring cancer risk, millions in damage. And, well, based upon the fact that, like I said, we're almost 10 years past the the freedom disaster here, it was literally years before people in the Kanawha Valley 
began to trust West Virginia American Water again. True remediation would have cost billions of dollars. We actually, uh, and and if I recall, it was it was our dear friend Bob Lottie, who has since uh, gone on. We uh, we calculated the costs, you know, thumbnailing of what it would take to really fix that water system and make sure that everything was taken care of. None of it was done. And so, as I said, there are 300,000 people in nine counties of West Virginia who are presently participating in an involuntary study of the effects of methylcyclohexane methanol on human bodies. Because it made a lot of people really sick early on. And it turned out there was no real data on that. And so this will become the defining moment for a lot of the people who live in East Palestine, Ohio. But because that place is so largely poisoned, not by vinyl chloride, that too, but by Republican politics, it'll be out of, out of sight and out of mind in a couple of years' time. I bet I'm one of the few people in West Virginia who still even brings up the freedom disaster. But then again, paying attention to this sort of thing has been my life for the entirety of this century. But that's the reality, and, and the people the people who need... There's a pretty good argument for evacuating East Palestine, Ohio. But the cost of relocation would be crippling, and, well, crippling to Norfolk Southern, and we can't have that. Ah, maybe Warren Buffett could buy that, too. Dear Robin, says Jude, your current focus on the railroad has me experiencing my dad. And he's so close to me at this moment. An engineer for the Milwaukee Railroad and also spoke out in favor of his fellow engineers, late 40s, 50s, and died in 1960 at the throttle. Oh, my goodness. Jude says thank you. Thank you, Jude. He raised an amazing human being. in the time that you had him. Our dear friend Bruce of Bruce and Karen's Memorial Challenge. Bruce started out, I think, on the Sioux line and eventually rose up from yard guy to conductor to engineer and eventually went to law school and became counsel for the Railway Workers Union. And he taught me a ton about all of that. God, what I wouldn't give to have his opinion on this now. He's been gone all these years, and Karen's gone too now. It was Bruce who introduced me to the Stormy Cromer hat. 
And I've got, you know, the ones I used to have just aren't appropriate anymore. I need to find a really cute stormy chromer somewhere down the road. Things are still made in the USA and made in Michigan. How many how many hats do you know that you have a lifetime warranty even if you lose the darn thing? That was an unpaid product placement, by the way. But even though they didn't have the common decent sense to send common decent politicians, representatives to Washington, well, maybe they helped send Sherrod Brown there. That may expiate a little bit of Bob, Bill, whatever, Johnson. Bill, Bill Johnson? Yeah, Bill Johnson. It doesn't mean that my heart doesn't go out to them. It doesn't mean it's okay for this to happen to them. It would be wonderful if they would perhaps learn something about Republican politics from this. Biden's only been in office for two years. It was probably hell among the yearlings with the railroads. I mean, you know, corporate during the four nightmare years of Nitwit Nero. And maybe they'll figure, maybe some of them will figure that out. Might be interesting to go and find out how Bill Johnson has voted in regard to any transportation issues. Ooh, that might be telling. Find out if he's a pathetic lick spittle for airlines and railroads and the like. Thank you, Jude. Jude says, your entire focus tonight has been profound and awakening along with grounding. Go figure. Do you know you're a master of the monologue, clear, concise, direct, critically informative, but the best aspect of you is simply you, our friend Robin. Aw, doggone it, Jude. That's so sweet. Try to do my best every every evening. And this is going to be two three-hour filler robsters in a row. Lucky for us, we've been content rich. Well, let's uh, let's do one more for prayer meeting Wednesday, shall we? It, it does get exhausting. It gets tiring. Again, from Fox News, you can always tell by the headline, Christian teacher loses job after refusing to deceive parents on kids' gender transitions from the devil. Well, no, Randy Radar, we did have a little bit of balloonery. 
remember, beginning of the program, we had uh, John Foghorn Leghorn Jubilation T. Cornpone Kennedy telling people to lock their doors tonight. Is the door locked? Oh, my God, the door's not locked. Son of a... A balloon could float through at any moment. God, maybe... Maybe maybe it's one of those Star Trek monster machines. Beep, beep, beep. B-jarp, b No, this is some maggot teacher in California. She's a Christian. Who, because of her deeply held religious beliefs, refuses to treat children with dignity and respect. Yeah, speaking to Fox News Digital, Jessica Tapias, who worked for the, uh, I got a 50% chance of getting this wrong, but that uh, right, but that means I got a 50%. No, it means I got 100%. I may have a 50% chance of getting this right, but I got a 100% chance of getting it wrong. Okay, California Ad Hoc Research Department, J-U-R-U-P-A. Is it Harupa or Jurupa? Well, anyway, that's where Jessica Tapias worked. And the school system has a policy of not outing their students. So, liars that they are, Fox reports that uh, she cited her Christian beliefs and she's blowing the whistle that she was expected to keep parents in the dark through lying. I knew immediately, like, I knew immediately, like, in my gut, in my heart, in my soul, that there was a decision I had to make because, you know, these two things were totally butting heads. I essentially had to pick one. Am I going to obey the district and the directives that are not lining up with my own beliefs? Convictions and faith and shit? Okay, I added the end shit. Or am I going to stay true? Choose my faith. Choose to be obedient to the way the Lord has called me to live. And so it was crazy to be in a position where I realized that I couldn't be a Christian out of teacher. The school district said they could not accommodate her by changing the rules to allow her to out little, uh, out trans kids, gay kids, what have you. Consequently, the district will release you from your employment effective at the end of the day on January 31st, 2023. Based on your religious beliefs... You cannot be dishonest with parents. If asked about a student's gender identity by a parent, you cannot refer the parent to a counselor, defer the inquiry, and suggest they speak with a student or otherwise deflect the parent's inquiry. The letter, signed by Assistant Superintendent of Human Resources Daniel Brooks, said, The district cannot accommodate your religious beliefs that prohibit you from maintaining a student's gender identity and refraining from disclosing a student's gender identity from his, her, their parents' guardians. Well, butthurt Ms. Tapia said, According to my school district, students have privacy 
And so if a student shares information regarding a pronoun preference or thinking there may be the opposite gender of what they biologically are, biology! If they share that information with a teacher, we're supposed to keep that info from parents in case the parent doesn't know. And there's so many issues with that. How do we know the parent doesn't know? Number two, we're talking about 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds. I don't believe kids should have this privacy to where their parents are being left in the dark about some very pertinent information about their well-being. Oh, you know, honey, if you tell their transphobe parents, they may not be children anymore. They just may be dead kids because their parents may kill them in the name of Jesus because they have deeply held religious beliefs. It, by the way, um, Butthurt Topius teaches phys ed. I will not allow male genitals in the girls' locker room. Because I'm a Christian. I don't believe in my faith. That's how God's calling us to love, by affirming those lies and confusion. I believe firmly that God created man and woman, and you are who he made you to be. Then why did he make me trans? Why did he make those kids trans? Oh, wait. And when someone has confusion about that, I believe that's lies and confusion from the devil. I was never confused. I have never met a trans person, not even one, who was. I know people who spent a lifetime wishing it wasn't that way, fighting every day of their lives to try to be something but. My dear sister Terry is very much a Christian girl. And she said, I used to pray every night, God, take this away from me. And God finally replied and said, I made you to be who you are. And that was the beginning of peace. But this Christian doesn't want those children to have that peace. This Christian would rather see those children beaten to death by transphobic parents or thrown out on the streets where they could be beaten to death or fucked to death. Oh, howdy. That Prince of Peace sure has some caveats in it, doesn't it? Oh, I know. Jude just said, where's Tracy at this moment? And you're Valley Girl punning. You and Tracy do that vo that vocal tone. So, oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that moment of levity in all of this. Jesus, God. it's a, uh, You know, maybe what I ought to do. I don't know. Maybe what I ought to do is like create, do like a curated show and just save all the trans stories for an entirely separate show once a week and maybe make it available to like Patreon subscribers or something. That would be unfair, wouldn't it? Hmm. Oh, well, thank you, Billable Rick. Thank you. Um, Billable Rick serving as the California Community Pronunciation Department, Research Department. Uh, Robin, it's pronounced Harupa. It's a smaller community in East San Diego County. My older conservative brother, Rob, lives in a multi-acre compound outside of that town. 
No, Rob's not a gun nut. Good. Take your little victories where you can. I feel sorry for any child that has ever had to have had that, that, that monster um, Ms. Topius for an instructor. Well, there it is. Two filler robsters in a row. Hope you enjoyed them. I did. Thank you so very much to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thanks so much for the challenge. Mary, it was lovely to hear from you. Thank you, Jude. Thank you, uh, Ralphs. Thank you so much. One last thing before we go. I had a note from our dear friend David in Oregon, member of the Fraternity of Davids. Um, where did it go? And I wanted to share it. I wanted to save it to the end of the program. Subject, Second Amendment Repeal and Replace. Given the recent spate of heartbreaking mass gun violence, and being that I am currently taking my first constitutional law course, oh, I remember those days, I was moved to attempt to write a constitutional amendment to repeal and replace the Second Amendment. I'd love to get your feedback and the feedback of the community about the text I have written. I know that I don't have the authority to implement this, but I felt I needed to do something. Please find the text below. If you or the community have any suggestions about how to improve this, please let me know. Text. I'm loving this. Section 1. The second, the, second artic, the second article of amendment to the Constitution of the United States is hereby repealed. Section 2. For all intents and purposes, the militia shall be defined as the National Guards of the several states. So far, so good. Section 3. In the interest of securing individual liberty, the right of the law-abiding citizens to keep and bear arms shall be reserved. The right to keep and bear arms shall not include any weapons of war. I think you just hit your, hit your first pothole, David. You're going to have to, and, and this has proven to be um, the hobgoblin of attempts to regulate semi-automatic rifles because the little butt-hurt gun humpers are always, it's not a clip, it's a magazine, don't you know nothing about guns? <sighs> any uh, any rifle can be used as, to, to assault somebody. That mean they're all, uh, you going to come get our deer rifles? Not yelling at you, David. Section 4, the right to keep and bear firearms shall be conditioned upon the successful completion of a background check by an appropriate law enforcement agency upon the registration of any firearm with an appropriate state agency upon the procurement of a license obtained from an appropriate state agency and upon the procurement of an appropriate insurance security. Ooh, that last one's a dandy. Make them buy... Everybody, everybody has to have a million dollars worth of insurance because... Any any act of either negligent or intentional gun violence is probably going to create, I know you know well because you've had torts now, David, a million dollars in damages. Section 5, the Congress shall have the power to enforce this article through appropriate legislation. David said, I hope we can start a discussion about how to solve this. I hope so, too. 
So maybe jot some notes. Uh, send them to me when the mood strikes you. And we'll talk about this. Thank you, David. It's amazing how <coughs> that first year of law school will get, get the cerebral juices going. I wonder if simply because, you know, in, in drafting, uh, whether it be legislation or a memo or anything, the great quest is always to make oneself so crystal clear that it cannot be interpreted any other way. And I wonder if you could take the body of the Second Amendment and in a subsequent amendment, Simply define what the Second Amendment is, because the the whole reason we have things like D.C. versus Heller is because a bunch of gun-humping zealots on the Supreme Court, you know, aided and abetted by outfits like the National Ruble Association, the most well-funded domestic terror organization in the United States, declared that the opening lines of the Second Amendment are nothing but like a flourish on a signature, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the maintenance of a free state. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be. Right. That first clause that, that, you know, fat dead Tony Scalia, since we talked about him earlier, that might as well have been a Klansman, Professor Hutchinson was right. I wonder, and you've done that, the militia shall be defined as the National Guards of the several states. No, I think you're onto something here. I think you are. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna run into trouble with the weapons of war language. And somewhere along the way, you're gonna have to define everything you've got in section four. And I don't know. I don't. Does it constitute? Yeah, it probably does. Um, I'd add Section 6 and a, a severability clause. So thank you, David. And again, thanks to all of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you, Henry, for getting us started this evening. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Brother Bishop Steve in Georgistan. All-around great guy. Moderating in the Horn chat room this evening. Thank you. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Hey, like and subscribe, y'all, and leave a comment. Please. We might actually grow this little conversation if, uh, if we get a lot of people doing that. Thank you. Don't just do it once. Do it a lot. At least the comment part. I really do appreciate it. We all do. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Got mine. Still here. 
wipe down your surfaces, help stop the spread of RSV. We'll probably have a vaccine for that by next year, and we won't we won't have the scare we had here this past fall. Wear your mask when you're among the maggots. They're a disease-bearing lot. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you. Pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance. 15 feet or more, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And, of course, if some former teacher in the Harupa County, uh, Harupa School District, not a county, but if some phys ed teacher from the Harupa School District comes towards you down the sidewalk saying, I'm going to out them little transes, even if it kills them, I'll avoid her like the plague. Because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Fighter. <laughs> 